search continues right now for a missing Rockland hiker. Cody Michael was last seen Sunday when he and his dog left to go camping along the Loch Levin Trail in Placer County. The search for a missing hiker Cody Michael and his dog continues tonight near Donner Summit. My feet are freezing. My shoes are soaking wet. Yesterday was when I was like, I'm in serious trouble. I don't know where I am. Hi, this is Chris Gray. I'm Scotty Sando. And welcome to The Placer Life. Today we're bringing you a story about being lost in the wilderness. So you probably remember this story. Back in May, 23-year-old guy from Rockland, Cody Michael, thinks he's going on just an overnight hike, him and his dog, up at the Loch Levin Lakes Trail at Donner Summit. Finds himself lost for four days, and he thinks possibly forever. Our story starts here. Yeah, it was a little bit different than what I was expecting. Um, guess I'm not the most prepared. I'm a little too adventurous for my own good. This is Cody Michael. I'm a deputy probation officer for Placer County. I work at the juvenile detention facility. I supervise the kids that are in custody at the juvenile hall and um, work with them, safety and uh, security for them and us is the number one priority, but just working with them, trying to get them back out into, uh, into society and you know, help them change their ways. Okay, so here's his plan. It's his first solo overnight trip. He's got his dog, Bauer, German Shepherd, wearing shorts and a t-shirt. He's got a tent, got some food, and he's going to go up the Loch Levin Lakes Trail. It's a decently hard hike, but it's a popular hike in Placer County. It's about seven miles, 1,600 feet in elevation gain or so, basically up the side of a mountain. A lot of switchbacks getting up there, but you're rewarded at the top with an absolutely stunning view of the Loch Levin Lakes. I went and collected my own stuff um, for the month of May. I just had the freeze-dried backpacking mountain house um, food, and I just heated that up or boiled it in my jet boil, and I ate those, and I brought a few cliff bars and that kind of stuff, but those were, uh, those were long gone by Monday at 11 o'clock. But what I didn't have was a GPS or a compass, and, you know, m most people don't even need that. You just have that foundational navigational skills, and unfortunately, I didn't have that either. Another thing he's not prepared for? Snow. Last May, there's still some snow in the Sierra. And as he heads up the mountain with the ground still covered in it, Cody has no trail to follow. It, it was kind of just a last minute thing. I was about 15 minutes away from the trailhead and I just figured, I know my mom kind of worries <laughs> and uh, a lot more so than my dad, but I just texted my dad because he, you know, we went previously and he's familiar with it. And I just said, Hey, at the Loch Levin trailhead, backpacking, be back tomorrow. So that was, that probably saved my life. To be honest, if I didn't do that, I probably wouldn't be here. Pretty much as soon as I got to the top, or not at the lakes, but at the top of the mountain, I think I was a little off to the right of the lakes. Um, I set up camp real quick because it started raining. And so pretty much my whole Sunday backpacking was just getting up there, setting up as fast as possible, and sitting in my tent all the way till the next morning because it, was, it wasn't pouring, but it is raining pretty good. So uneventful Sunday night. Yeah. You're ready to kind of come back. Um, at some point, you send uh, a message to your family, right? Yeah. Update part two for Alexa. Alexa's Cody's sister. My shoes are soaking wet. My feet are freezing. Bowers laying in the snow. I knew I wasn't on the trail, but I thought I was heading in a direction that would take me to those switchbacks. And so I, I should have stopped at that point because I knew I wasn't where I needed to be, but... I didn't think it was that big of a deal to where I was way far off. I thought if I just kept heading down in this direction, I'd run into the switchbacks 
and and I'd be fine from there. But unfortunately, that wasn't the case. Uh, I had a dinner meeting that night and got home around 7.30 is what I recall. That's Cody's dad. Hi, I'm uh, Howard Michael, and I'm uh, the father of Cody Michael. I remember sitting down on the couch and, and started going through my normal uh, decompression uh, period after a long, hard day's work, and 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 then it dawned on me that I hadn't seen his vehicle. Cody's a recent Sac State grad. He's still living with his folks at the time. So uh, other than that, you know, life just was normal, and so I asked his uh, his mom, if uh, she had heard from him, and uh, Dana said that she had not, and it immediately struck me. I called CHP, and she had gotten his uh, vehicle identification information uh, so that we could pass that along, and, and uh, I asked CHP if they had a unit in the area, and they said they would have one uh, nearby. They do have one nearby, and they could send somebody over to check, and so we gave them the vehicle information. They they checked, called back in about 15 minutes, and they said, "Yeah, his vehicle's still there." And you know, by this time, it's um, you know, it's it's almost completely dark, and um, so it's probably around 8:30 at night, I'm guessing. And um, uh, and and I immediately replied, "That's not good." And I remember the dispatcher uh, echoing that, so yeah, that's not good. And and I said, "All right, well, we're on our way up." And so by the time we got up there, uh, the there there were there was a sheriff unit and a CHP unit waiting for our arrival. And once you got onto the scene there and you kind of recognized that something's happening here, yeah, describe that feeling. Yeah, that's, that's a terrible feeling and uh, not one I ever want to experience again. I, and I, I still held out hope, um, uh, knowing that uh, you know, he's in great shape and, and uh, he's got a good dog with him. And um, like I say, he's got the means in which to protect himself. So I figured he maybe just... Uh, um, uh, I knew something was not right because he wasn't just going to hang out there and, and, and do various things. He uh, Something just wasn't right. So we figured he must be hurt. Maybe the dog got hurt. He's looking for the dog or the dog got lost. Uh, so, yeah, thoughts start to wander. You start to wonder why that would have occurred. Uh, it's completely out of the ordinary. So um, I pressed myself to, to maintain a, you know, a positive mindset while uh, we waited for the CHP helicopter to arrive uh, and, and fly them out. We were hopeful that in doing that that evening, which they did, that uh, maybe they'd find him quickly and, and then this would just be a short-lived experience. But that wasn't the case. I started going down the side of the mountain and I knew I was way far off from where I needed to be because the train was awful. Like, you had to bushwhack and I had to pick Bauer up and go through bushes and I mean, it was really dangerous, just to be honest. I knew it wasn't, it wasn't like those nice switchbacks. Instead of heading north back to the trailhead as he hoped, he steadily drifts south through one of the most rugged sections of the county, toward the upper Royal Gorge of the American River Canyon. At that point, I kind of thought maybe I should just climb back up this stuff and try to get back down towards those switchbacks, but it was the train was so rough that I don't even know if I could have made it back up, so I didn't really have an option. I had to go down, and I, there were those lots of those natural streams and it was easier to walk in that stuff than it was to the side because it was just dangerous cliffs and thick, thick brush that was, like, up above my waist. I'd have to carry Bauer and just walk through it, and I mean, it obviously wasn't pleasant to walk through that stuff. So we actually walked in the natural streams, like almost like a little river, um, and just followed that. And my kind of, my thinking behind that was um, I knew there was a waterfall at the bottom of the Loch Levin Trail, and I was thinking that that would hopefully connect me back to that water source. And so that's really what I did. I, I thought 
I really thought that if I followed that for however long I needed to, that even though I wasn't on the trail and it might, it started swinging off to the left and I knew I needed to go to the right, but I just, I really figured that that would probably swing back around and take me where I needed to go. So I kind of blindly followed that, which was the first big mistake I made. There was bear stool all over. Like I knew we were not in a good spot. I could see fresh footprints because it rained the night before. So I'm not an expert with that stuff, but I was pretty sure they were pretty fresh and they're monstrous footprints um, or bear paw prints, whatever you want to call them. But um, so I kind of knew we were getting into an area where they were probably at. So I was a little bit more alert, like looking around. And um, at one point I kind of got a little bit relaxed and I was just walking kind of looking at the ground tired at that point knew where I wasn't where I needed to be and um, was kind of stressing about that and all of a sudden he just took off like his the fur stood up on his back and it's like the most aggressive bark I've ever heard from him and he took off and I looked up and there's a bear probably 100 feet away or so um, and it took off and I called for him and fortunately stopped so just pause there for a second that happens to you. Your dog chases a bear off, and you're telling that story for years, right? And that's just a footnote <laughs> in the overall story of you're getting lost. That's nuts. Never in a million years did I think that I'd go out backpacking and get lost like this. Like, my first few things when I go backpacking is bears, mountain lions. You know, that's that's what I would think would happen if it was going to take a turn for the wrong, you know, if, if, if it was going to go bad, I thought that would be it. So I was prepared for something like that, but I wasn't prepared for this. Majority of time, it always seems to happen like at two in the morning or 12 at night, you know, and all of us are sleeping. This is Sergeant Ty Connors with the Placer County Sheriff's Office. He leads a lot of the search and rescue efforts along the I-80 corridor. And, uh, but when do you get that call, we kind of assess the situation. We look at, you know, condition of the person, their health, do they have medical issues? Are they experienced? Do they have equipment? You know, weather conditions are huge, you know, if it's going to be freezing at night or not. So there's a lot of factors we go into it to find out. And then the safety of our own volunteers, sending them out into a situation, if it's real late at night and there's a snowstorm coming that we're probably going to wait, you know, but it just, there's a lot of factors that go into that. But once we do make that decision, it goes on to, it's called an envoy call out where we have, I call into the next person, basically tell them what we need. Uh, depending on that search, we called for ground searchers and uh, canine for, uh, handlers. And then we also asked for motorcycle and four by four teams. So, cause we kind of looking at the area, it's called a hasty search. We kind of go out and just try and throw people out in the field as fast as possible. And we mainly search known trail systems to look for signs. Once we do that call out though, then we kind of give a location where the command post is at and kind of give them arrival time when they're going to show up. And then once all the searchers come, we come up with our plan and start uh, sending out assignments. The end of day one in the search and still no sign of Cody Michaels. The 23-year-old Rockland man went hiking near Donner Summit with his dog and has not been seen since. Good evening. I'm Sam Shane. And I'm Christina Janes. Family last heard from him on Monday morning. And CBS 13's Jennifer Lamar 4.50 every single morning. Um, I'd wake up. I, obviously, I didn't have an alarm. My phone was dead. Um, but, yeah, 4.50 every morning. As soon as that sun just barely started peeking up, I would get up pack up my stuff and and I started going and I just hiked that whole entire day um, from 4.50 in the morning till 8, 8.30 at night. 
um, just trying to get out, go following the streams. And it obviously didn't work out, but I was just thinking that these streams have to flow back kind of towards that waterfall. I, I wasted time going one way for maybe five, eight miles to a dead end waterfall. And then I'd have to hike that back. So that's half the day wasted right there. And then I'd have to pick a different direction because I was just so disoriented. I didn't know where, where I was. I didn't know where to go. How many miles do you think you're hiking on Tuesday? <sighs> um, Rough guess. Over 20. Over 20, I really do. Because w- I'd hike for three, four hours um, to go one way and it'd be a dead end waterfall. I'd have to hike that back and then go another way. So it just, I I definitely, it was a lot. Are you even looking for anything edible out there? Would you have known what might have been or? Um, at, at that point towards the end of the day, Tuesday, maybe. Um, but the earlier portion of it, I was just so focused on getting out. I didn't, when when you have hope, like I kind of had hope, it was early. I had so much time, and I'd follow these these streams, or I'd I'd pick a direction and think, all right, I'll just hike this for five miles. I have to run into something good. The food's not really on your mind. Towards the end of the day, once your it your hope kind of you feel like nothing's working, you just you're hopeless. Then the hunger kind of starts to set in, and I I was looking for stuff. Yeah, I was. So um, on Monday night, you'd kind of told yourself, all right. This kind of sucks, um, but I'll get through it. It's going to find my way out. Yeah. How did that change on Tuesday night? That that changed. That changed. I I was definitely starting to get pretty worried at that point. Um, I had slipped, and I, I don't I don't like to make this like over dramatic or whatever. But I I slipped that night by that waterfall. I was barefoot, which wasn't smart. But my feet, my shoes were soaking wet. And I don't even know if I've told anybody this, but I slipped and slammed my foot into a rock and I thought I broke it. Um, I could barely walk. It was fortunately just like a a bone bruise, which don't feel good. But um, so that night, actually, I woke up probably 20 times just from the pain of that and just not being in the most comfortable sleeping spot. But I was really worried that I wasn't even going to be physically able to hike out of there. The search for missing hiker Cody Michael and his dog continues tonight near Donner Summit. A National Guard Lakota helicopter will fly the area with thermal-seeking cameras and night vision. That's according to a Placer County Sheriff's Office Facebook post tonight. So what happens if, uh, if we kind of exhaust our resources that we have and we need to add on to our uh, searches and, and personnel, then we go through Cal OES and uh, we put in a call to them. It's a uh, county mutual aid. And tell them that we need uh, that we need 30 Type One ground searchers. We need more canine, and then at that point they broadcast that out to the other state or county search and rescue teams to see if they can provide somebody. What kind of um, assets or equipment are is being utilized in a search like this? Well, this one we use. I think we used everything except the kitchen sink. Um, it was we had a. And again, we had canine out there trying to do uh, searches. We had our ground searchers, motorcycle, 4x14. We also went through National Guard um, with the helicopters, CHP's helicopter. And then uh, the Air Force also brought in a helicopter to do night vision at nighttime. And they also brought in this nano technology where it's like a uh, uh, 
real life as far as uh, trackers so we can see our searchers uh, real time, which was very beneficial to see where they're at. And that was done by the Air Force. And so then you have it. it, So it really was a a huge effort on that. Nano tracking technology. Yes, it was. It was pretty trick. You're sitting at the command post and you're looking on a Google map image and you're seeing each person as they're hiking around. I've only seen that sort of thing in movies. Yeah. Usually it involves (laughs) aliens. Yeah, it, it was a... Uh, it was it was something I I've never dealt with before either, and they they're really trying to push that out for search and rescue teams because then again you really can see kind of your search patterns and where they're at because what happens with us is that we have GPS and they do the waypoints and cookie crumbs as you're hiking along. Well, we we can't download that until the teams get back from their search, and then you download that and you compose it on your map and you can see where they search. Well, their technology that they had. We had a lifetime, so we didn't have to wait. Now, family of a missing Rockland hiker holding out hope tonight after day two comes to an end and still no sign of their son. Cody Michaels was expected to return Monday from a weekend hike. But I remember waking up Wednesday saying, I have to get out of here. I, I, if I don't get out of here today, I'm in serious trouble. Like, to be honest, I might not make it. After a few days, um, even with mild dehydration, it compounds a little bit each, each day. That's Dr. Rob Oldham, Placer County's public health officer. Um, where uh, you could just you know, really give up and, and be, start making poor decisions and have just total mental, uh, mental and physical fatigue. I was going to jump into that river, in which I, f- I found out later that it was 60 miles to the next highway or ne- whatever next location where I would have been f- okay in Forest Hill. Um, if I didn't have Bauer, I probably would have done that, and I wouldn't have made it. We did have an opportunity where um, I took uh, Cody's dad with us up to the top of the mountain to kind of get a good perspective. So we went up in the Blackhawk because we had to set a uh, repeater up for our communications. So I asked him to go, and uh, which is not very common. We don't get him involved that much, but um, I really wanted him to get a good idea of what we're dealing with. And then once he saw that, it, would, it definitely was an eye-opener for him. My eyes were, were glued out the window, looking down, just looking for any kind of sign. Uh, and then we get up to the top of the mountain, and, and um, you know, the helicopter can't touch down uh, exactly. It's not a level uh, mountain, of course, so there's no pad up there. So they got close. Those pilots are amazing how they can control those big machines. And uh, so we all just bailed out, and uh, they went up and set up their repeater station, and, and I and a, and a uh, one of the, the, the sergeant and one of the deputies walked around a big 360-degree circle around that mountain looking for any kind of sign, and I've got a whistle that I used for this for, for Bauer, any of our animals, and, and the kids have heard it all their lives, so they would know it was me in a heartbeat if they heard it. So I was doing my whistle, hoping to hear something in return, and, you know, a bark, a shout, a cry, something. It was just kind of a sad thing, you know, seeing his dad out there, you know, whistling for his son and, and you know, not getting any reply back. The, the gravity of the situation was was becoming more intense for me. Um, and, um, and again, I could see the, the, the weight on my wife and, and, and I knew driving home that night that was going to be uh, uh, a very difficult drive home. Thursday morning, day four. I probably woke up at about 7 and just kind of sat there. I did walk around and look for food. I was trying to find squirrels and anything I possibly could because I was really hungry at that point. I knew Bauer had to have been too. So that's what I was kind of doing that morning. I started another fire. Um, I was grabbing green. Um, you know, I don't know exactly what they are, but 
green brush that makes the fire smoke. So I was trying to make the smokiest fire I possibly could to signal someone, but it just it doesn't work like uh, the experts make it on uh, TV. So I tried that. I went around looking for food. Bauer was just in the tent the whole day. He's got some duct tape in his pack, figures why not, tapes the word help on a nearby rock. A helicopter flew directly above me. I, I don't know who it was. Could have been a private helicopter. I think it was probably someone with search and rescue in the whole operation. But um, like, you know, like I've said and plenty of people have said, you have to have bright clothing out there. They, they won't see you. you. You're like an ant. You're a needle in a haystack. What, uh, when that helicopter, when you thought, I'm close enough, there's a good shot here, and they... The helicopter flies away. What's going through your head? That, yeah, that was rough. That was, that was, uh, I really thought that was it. Like, I didn't think I was going to make it. For me, it was like, if they're not going to see me, there's, there's no way this is going to happen. Waking up Thursday, it was like, I don't know. I mean, I'm just a 23-year-old guy. I'm one person. I kind of had a hard time thinking that there would, this far into it, it's Thursday morning now. I mean, I, I knew my parents would be trying to get someone or doing anything they possibly could, but I was so far out at that point. I kind of started to doubt that there would be anyone looking for me at that point. I, re I really thought if they were looking for me, if a CHP helicopter did go out there, um, maybe they would have called it by now. It's just one person, to be honest. I know it's kind of, you know, but that's really what I was thinking. But that was, that was probably the most crushing blow I've ever, you know, that was not fun. Because uh, I, I thought that was going to be it. I thought I was just going to have to sit up there and die. So at this point, if you can call it luck, Cody really has been. The weather's been reasonably temperate. It's been warm during the day. But on Thursday, that's all going to change. He doesn't know it yet, but there is a huge snowstorm forecast for that evening. The temperature is going to plummet. He's soaking wet. He's wearing shorts. He's not prepared for the snow. The searchers know that, and so do his parents. I had... I stayed optimistic and hopeful that we they would find him, and you know we'd have some pretty story, interesting stories to tell after they got him off the mountain. But on Thursday, uh, driving up, my uh, thoughts shifted pretty hard, and I began to prepare. Uh, what I thought I needed to do was prepare for the worst. And I remember my sister-in-law driving me up, and I wouldn't have, have used those words and didn't around my wife at all, but I did around my sister-in-law, and and I told her I think we need to prepare ourselves for the worst. From probably a mile to two miles away, I could hear it. Like I, I started to get up because I could hear it coming. I knew something was coming. And as soon as it came over, my first thought was, there's no way that thing's out here for me, but I'm gonna get its attention. When it was getting closer and I finally realized that it saw me, I didn't stop. I was jumping, I was swinging that poncho thing around. Um, I was doing anything I could to get its attention and then um, one of the guys slid open the side of the helicopter, the door, and he, I think he gave me, I gave him a thumbs up and like a signal, like I see you. And once I realized he saw me, it was just that, 
this is probably the best feeling I'll ever have in my entire life. Went from the worst, like an hour before to that. It was, I was probably shaking. I don't even know. It was, it was the greatest feeling I've ever had in my life and probably will be. This Blackhawk flew right over top of us. And I, and, and I, I knew instantly that, that, um, uh, that meant something. I just didn't know what. This woman who was very serious and in charge, um, doing her job extremely well, uh, is the one I'm expecting to walk out of the command post and walk our way. And, and, and uh, sure enough, the door opens and she comes walking out. And, and I remember looking at my wife and I said, I think she's got good news. And, she, and we, were, we were just stationary. We just stood there. We didn't walk toward her. We just stood there waiting for her to walk, walk toward us. She was closing this 40-yard gap. And um, she got uh, uh, about halfway and a little more than halfway away from us, I guess. And, and she says, well, I know uh, if I ever need a miracle in my life, I know which family to come and ask to pray. And uh, um, My wife, being completely moved by that statement, just hit the ground. Uh, and I remember clapping my hands and uh, walking toward the command post op officer at that point and um, just giving her a big hug, obviously the news we wanted. So I remember kind of looking out the window as we're flying back, and that thing, I don't know how much ground it covers per minute or you know whatever but we were up there it was probably six minute flight and that kind of set in like holy cow I how did I get that far away you know I, I quickly figured out that there was an operation like people were looking for me so uh, I remember he took a picture of me and he took a picture of my little camp that I had set up and he shows me it and he goes dude you're kind of a big deal right now this is all over facebook and i i just looked at him i was super confused i go i don't even have a facebook what are you talking about and he's like people want to see that you're okay that's what this is for it's the first thing you say to him yeah that's a great question um um nothing was said at first um we we um you know, when I first saw him, he was probably, um, oh, maybe 25 feet away. And my wife was with me, and as soon as we saw him, he, we made a beeline toward each other. And uh, we didn't say anything at first, we just embraced. And uh, looked into his eyes um, as he was walking toward me, and you know, it was quite emotional, of course. So I think we had to collect ourselves and, you know, gather our breath kind of like what I'm doing now and um, uh, I remember telling him I loved him what was the uh, first thing you said to your mom and dad I probably I'm sorry I honestly don't know um, I just gave him a hug we were all crying and I think probably just I'm sorry so met Cody for the first time today um, incredible hearing his story firsthand he seems very humbled by having been through this. What kind of change have you seen in him? That's a good way to put it. He's um, had many occasions where he's gone off to do things, and I've actually had to cool his jets several times. I don't know that I'm going to see that side of him anymore. 
I think he's extremely humbled by the fact that so many people did what they did to uh, to get him back home safe. And I told him, I said, I, I think it's your responsibility to make sure you give all that you can back in one form or another. You probably will not know that it saved a life uh, by getting this information out there, but there's a good chance it will. And, uh, you know, that's, the, that's why we got to do this. Go with the group. Tell people where you're at. Tell people where you're going so if you aren't back, people know where to go look for you because there is uh, a huge group of people that are awesome that will spend countless hours looking for you. Get out in the open. It took me a while to do it, but get out in the open and just, I mean, I would recommend you try try to get out for a little bit, but once you really are in a situation where you you don't have a clue what to do, get out in the open and, and let the experts come find you. Um, they say hug a tree. Hug a tree. If you're lost, stay where you're at. Don't don't go mobile. Obviously, a lot of search, a lot of places you hike, you don't have cell service. But there's a lot of things in the hiking world that they have that can kind of juice up your phone. Uh, keeping your locator on when it comes, because when you take a picture, if you have your locator on it, it will mark that where that picture was taken. There's other devices out there called Spot. There, it's like a little uh, GPS thing that you have that when you go hiking in your emergency, you can press a button and it sends a alert off. And then they call us and say, hey, you have spot activation in your area. So that's a good thing to have too. Wear bright colors when you go hiking. You know, if you do get lost, that's what's going to be found. And that's what kind of flagged the, the helicopter is that he was waving around some orange thing. And so that that's one thing we'd like to, people to do is that's why our searchers, they wear bright orange clothing because you can see it. You can't put a you can't put a price you can't put anything on on someone's life. I mean, any everyone's life doesn't matter who you are, what kind of decisions you've made or anything is priceless. And something that's priceless, you got to find it. Yeah, no kidding. And we've got so many wonderful places in Placer County to get out there and hike. I mean, just beautiful, beautiful places. It's just so important for all of us to remember how quickly a great day out on the trail can turn into a life-changing ordeal. Thank you to the Michael family for their support and sharing their story. Thank you to Sergeant Ty Connors with the Placer County Sheriff's Office and Dr. Rob Oldham, Placer County's Public Health Officer. And a very special thank you to our Placer County Sheriff's Office search and rescue volunteers. You know, these volunteers are incredibly well-trained but unpaid, and they rely on donations to do what they do. They hold fundraising events throughout the year, so follow Placer County Sheriff's Office on Facebook to see events near you, and please go out and show them your support. I'm Chris Gray. I'm Scotty Sando. And thank you so much for joining us for this episode of The Placer Life. 